Hi, I'm Claire. And I'm Tony. And this is PodMed Trending. PodMed Trending with Claire and that one boy. Today, we've got a nice little article published in Nature called Piezo 1 Transduces Mechanical Itch in Mice. This article is thoroughly medium. Not because it wants to be, it's very complicated, but I did not dig through the supplemental figures enough for it to be hard, so it is medium. Fun. So we are talking about itch and signal transduction. Something you're very familiar with. Something I'm very familiar with. A little little bias. I'm like, ooh, this is very interesting. And of course it's trending because everyone wants to hear about it. And everyone wants to hear about it from us. <laughs> yes. All, all, all dozen and a half of our viewers, listeners, because no one can see us. <laughs> thank God. <laughs> yeah, thank God. I look terrible today. Um, so this was published by Hill et al. in Nature in 2020. Uh, if you've heard about piezo receptors before, and I'll get into a little bit about what they are, it may not surprise you to learn that this came from Artem Patapudian's lab. He shared the Nobel Prize for discovering things about uh, somatic sensation. Mm-hmm. So, so David Julius um, and his work in the Tribune channel, and then Artem Patapudian and his role in the piezo channel. So this is coming from a lab where... Just to, like, set the scene of what kind of lab we're coming from. I love some nice stage setting. This is a lab that has resources. <laughs> <laughs> can't relate. Actually, I can now. I can't relate now. Um, but maybe the level of resources. Much different. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, coming from a lab that is, like, basically, no. They won a Nobel Prize in this type of receptor. So it's, like, well-respected, well-funded, yeah. you know, lab. So they didn't really have to try to get that RO one. <laughs> I mean, who knows if they even need one at this point. That's a good point. So I've skirted around piezos enough. Let's get into the background. Yes. What is it? So actually, I'm going to talk about something else first. <laughs> um, itch. <laughs> we all, we know it. We love it. Just kidding. We tolerate um, it. We tolerate it. And just like when you think of, con- we've talked before about congenital insensitivity to pain yeah it might sound oh wouldn't i love to not feel pain well pain at the end of the day is an evolutionary mechanism that we use to help defend ourselves and survive yeah it's a safety mechanism exactly so you know if you are touching hot stove the pain signals tell you hey move your hand (laughs) away yo that be hot (laughs) i hated that i just said that (laughs) (laughs) god um and and then you taking your hand off of the hot stove will then prevent further tissue damage similarly itch you know if a parasite little bug is crawling on you um you might feel it and then scratch it away i mean i'm sure we've all been like oh my gosh what's that tickling my my leg and it's it's probably the cat Thinking about the outdoors. I know you don't, don't like it, out, but yeah. I don't go outside. Yeah. Um, imagine if you went outdoors. <laughs> I did, you know, I did go outside for a walk today because I had nothing else to do. So, yeah. Uh, also, if you get some sort of, like, toxin or poison or irritant spilled on you, scratching it um, will physically remove that substance yeah. from your skin. So it's evolutionary, just like a quick way to get yeah. something damaging off your skin. And it's evolutionarily conserved, so obviously we itch... Yes, we um, do. <laughs> some more than others. <laughs> <Shut up. laughs> 
Um, but all sorts of mammal, mammals do. And other vertebrates too, like birds yeah. and fish. And perhaps in lower animals as well, but just like no one has observed. It's yeah. difficult to tell. Yeah. But at the very least, non-mammal vertebrates. Yes. Like I mentioned, it can be good in the sense of if something is, you know, toxic, a spilled on you, you scratch it away, like it's beneficial for the organism's survival. This can be bad also in the sense of chronic diseases like eczema, psoriasis, and then other severe disorders that are associated with itching and scratching, like mast cell degranulation disorder. Right. It might not sound so bad, like, oh yeah, I hate it when I get a mosquito bite and it's really annoying, but like, it's not going to kill me. But if you're chronically itchy all the time, yeah. it's, it, it can be really devastating as far as like uh, morbidity. Yeah. And just setting the stage, puritis, it's the medical term for itch. Yeah. And so a pyridogen... Is something that causes itching. Yeah. Because I'll probably say that multiple times. And I feel like I've said in previous podcasts without being like... Because I came from an itch lab. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) Anyway. So there are different types of itch. What? (laughs) Crazy. There's chemical itch, which that might... Is is the more of the thing that we're describing? A little toxin gets on you. Yeah. Um, Think uh, histamine. So you have an allergic reaction and you're itchy. That can be caused by many different compounds targeting many different receptors. And the thing with somatosensation in general, we're talking a lot about receptors. So we're going to get into receptors and uh, their ligands, and it's going to be good. Okay, so chemical itch, yes, but mechanical itch also. That's the more when you're picturing yourself outdoors and a little fly is crawling up your leg or something, and you you can feel something, but it's not like a chemical substance. Right. It's not something that's triggering a reaction, uh, like a chemical reaction. Exactly. It's something that's causing like a mechanical pressure reaction. Yes, yes. You're, you're sensing the pressure, not a chemical yeah. signal. So we know a ton about chemical itch as far as, like I was saying, we know like this pyridogen will activate this receptor in this neuron and blah, blah, right. blah, blah, blah. But we actually don't know a ton about mechanical itch. That's actually not that surprising to me because, like, it just feels like something that'd be a little bit harder to identify the mechanisms mm-hmm. for. Yeah. So, and again, this is this is why I was setting the stage. This is coming from the Patapudian lab. Instead of being like we hypothesized, it, blah, 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 they were just like, we wanted to know what what's up with mechanical itch. We could just these broad questions. As you know? um, Keenan Thompson once said at SNL, "What's up with that? What's up with that? <laughs> <laughs> so, what is up with?" transduction of mechanical itch right and you know just a little sidebar as as authors of peer-reviewed articles <laughs> very familiar um, with that we, process yes we we know that the way that a story gets presented in the article isn't always the way that it happens so you might say oh first yeah. we noticed this so then we did this yeah. even though you didn't almost know. never how yeah, that no, no, happens no, no, no. i will cover how they set it up but i think we can talk about maybe like how they probably, yes. yeah. Because, well, let's just get into yeah, it. Yeah, let's get into it, and then we'll, we'll figure it out okay. as we go. Okay. I'll figure it out as and, we go, because I've never heard this story yet. Okay, and again, coming from this, like, great lab, they probably have, like, 40 people oh, who God, are yeah. writing. Well, actually, there weren't that many authors, but, like, as far as, like, editing and stuff, like, this, this, it was 
part of the reason why this is a medium and not a hard, because it can be kind of a difficult concept, is this was written so well. I feel like you would have to have minimal science understanding and actually read just not not even listen to us, although please do. Yeah. But like if you, you just read the article, article you'd be able to understand what they're trying exactly. to show. It was just one of those like the the, the figures um, and then the right like it all made sense together. It was very well written. It was succinct, and so it was like a really nice read actually. Yeah, that's so, good. And and there were. Three main sections of data, and then this. It was just beautiful. Oh, well, for a nature paper, that's actually pretty short. Like, only three main sections of... Well, I mean... You know, I'm sure they had more figures, but I'm yeah, saying, like, yeah. only three breakdowns is, like, kind of small, like, kind of... Well, I mean, we'll get into, like, the, oh, de- the depth oh, of data. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never mind and then. Like, I spoke like too soon. 20 pages of supplemental figures. <laughs> I, was like, like... I was like, of course, the Nobel Prize winner just gets anything into nature. No, no, no this is, like, <laughs> okay, a sorry. lot of work. I was being presumptive. But, 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 the, but the way to organize it, instead of being like, here's the 40 things we looked at, uh, it was yeah. just, it was, they, was able to synth- they were able to synthesize it so well. So it just, like, was yeah, organized nice. like, a, like a really neat... Anyway, I'm not, this isn't like, they didn't pay me or anything, although I would love that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I just really like this paper. That's Independ- good. Maybe I'm biased because, you know, I'm ha- interested in the topic. Yeah. But I, I still think, even if you're not, it is a well-written paper. And if you wanted a good example of just like a good journal article to read, I would choose this one. Sounds good. Okay. So, section one. We're talking about itch neurons expressing functional piezo one. So okay. first, piezocyte. We have name-dropped them multiple times. Yeah. What are they? They are transmembrane channels discovered to be ion channels that are important for mechanosensation. So obviously there's many different types of sensation. There's, there's pain, obviously. There's itch we're talking a lot about. Um, but then there's also different types of sensation as far as like hot, cold. Mechanosensation is just like mechanical forces that you feel. Right. So if you touch a table, like I just did, as you could probably. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, like I would have mechanical. Like that's how I know I'm, I'm touching the table. Right. There's proprioceptors, so you know we're in space. Many different types of sensation, but this is all about physical touch, basically. Yeah. They they frame this as we wanted to know what's like what's up with transducing me- mechanical itch. They they noticed that in general DRG. So dorsal backing up a little bit. We're going to talk a lot about dorsal ganglia, DRG. Both of us are... Very familiar. Very familiar. <laughs> I have pulled um, many out of the spine in my day. Uh, that sounded I, disgusting, but... <laughs> I, I I used to, but I wasn't very good, so I got the terminal instead. <laughs> I got really good at it out of necessity. So basically, it houses the cell bodies of sensory neurons. Yes. So basically, think of them... When we're talking about DRG, we're talking about sensory neurons. Right. Which makes sense, because we're talking about all about sensation. Sensational. Um, uh, ooh, episode title. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Um, so they notice. So the Nobel Prize for Artem Pradpudian was for PSO two. Yes. It's widely expressed in the DRG and it's important for general mechanical sensation. But they noticed that this PSO one, which is they're they're basically very similar sequence and structure, very similar but different, right? Just yeah. like many gene families. And does it have like a difference in like abundance within these neural structures? We will not come on it. Oh, okay. So, so, ahead. <laughs> so basically, I mean, I didn't read the papers that led to the Nobel Prize, yeah. but Ugh. like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Is it worth my time? <laughs> <laughs> um, but 
it was on piezo two is one right. I'm gonna yes. surprise. It was it's very abundant. Yeah. So piezo two was always like kind of low in the background. Like it was there, but like mm, a lot less. So that yeah. the focus was on piezo two. All the work was on piezo two. Now we're talking about piezo one. So they said, well, what types of neurons express piezo one? As as you and I both know, again, DRGs aren't just this uniform mass of every sensory neuron is a sensory neuron. There are many different subtypes because, like right. I said, there's many different types of sensation. So you need different types of neurons expressing different types yeah. of receptors. And there's many different markers that you can use to identify neuron subtypes. Yes. Do you have a favorite? Well, I mean, obviously I'm biased because I did all my work in TRIP-V1. Okay, so so like I'm it. a big fan of that one. <laughs> so there are many different markers for itch neurons. Some of them include somatostatin. Right. Uh, MPPB, which is also called BMP, B-type or brain natriuretic peptide. Yeah. MRGPRD. Okay. And so the, basically what they did was saying, okay, what populations of these itch neurons are positive for piezo one expression. So they use single molecule fish, basically just a little fluorescent probe to say what cells have that RNA so they are likely to make the protein. Right. And so they coupled that with a bunch of different markers. Makes sense. And what they found was that 92% of MPPB positive neurons, so these a subtype of itch neurons, right. were piezo one positive. And that was the main population okay. of markers they found for piezo one they also said oh also it's in the vascular endothelium we don't care about that (laughs) (laughs) so who does not i (laughs) so here's where i think i'm like okay they started it seems like kind of random if you're in a mechanosensation lab to be like oh yeah we're also interested in itch mechanosensation so i kind of wonder if they're just like okay we did all of our nobel prize stuff in piezo two where is piezo one and they did all sorts of receptor staining not just itch ones but like every sort of DRG staining to figure out what it's important in. Makes they sense. They saw it's an itch, and then they're like, okay, let's go from here. Yeah. So that's that's kind of... And I wouldn't I mean, even I be know. surprised if, like, Piazza 1 has been known during their, like, Nobel Prize, like, dedicated work, if they did similar staining a long time ago and just have been sitting on that data yeah. trying to be like, well, what should we do with this now? Yeah, yeah. Because that happens, too. Yeah. You just, you yep. find something, and you're just like, can't do anything about that now, so we'll just wait half exactly. a decade. Because <laughs> they're a piezo lab at the end of the day, not niche yeah. lab, so yeah. I just kind of... I, yeah. I, no, I, I, think I just that... have a gut feeling, even though I have no um, reason yeah. to... I have no evidence for that. Yeah. So if, if um, Dr. Patapudian would like to come on the podcast... And comment. <laughs> we'd love to get your take on it. Yes. Um, <laughs> have your people reach out to our people. <laughs> AKA us. Yeah. You could just reach out to us. We're our people. Okay. <laughs> So, back to the data. 92% of these MPPB-positive neurons Mm -hmm. were piezo-1-positive. So they're like, okay, that's good. Um, And then what they also saw was that piezo-2, this general mechanosensation uh, channel, was not as in MPPB-positive neurons. That was actually going to be my next question. was like, if they found, like, this huge abundance in Mm -hmm. piezo-1, like, do they see a similar, like abundance of piezo 2 in there and if they didn't then that's pretty yeah, interesting yeah. That, like, so there it's might not be, just that yeah. like piezos are abundant in, in that cell type in that cell type it's that specifically piezo 1 yeah. so they're like okay this could be specific what about the other you know itch neuron markers there are different subtypes of mrgpr neurons mm-hmm. 
Some are only chemically sensitive and some are mechanically and chemically sensitive. Okay. So they saw PSO1 in some, but not all of the neurons. And so they were wondering like, hmm, okay. Mm. And then I, they didn't, I, they didn't look at somatostatin, I don't think. But okay. anyway, but they're like, okay, this MPBB positive neuron population, there's like, this is very significant because not a lot of neurons in the DRG have a piezo one expression so the, the fact that most of them are in this one known population to be associated with, with itch like this is interesting yeah these were all done in mouse drg but like mice aren't humans so let's just get some human drg right because that's <laughs> that's, all I that's have access easy to, yeah. right so they just go out and get some yeah so they did <laughs> <laughs> this is where i'm now, saying was this like, like from resources. Uh, lab volunteers or <laughs> Speaking of back pain, no, no. <laughs> yeah. um, I don't, I, I don't know I, where exactly they got it from, but they got their hands on it. For some reason, my mind I was just thinking that like the tagline for like, "What do you do for Klondike? <laughs> what do you do for Nobel?" <laughs> and then they also found that again in NPPB positive neurons, eighty-three percent of those neurons were positive for PSO one. So it was it was kind of conserved from mice into humans. Yes, yes, okay. and and like very much, very much, much yeah. But again, this is via uh, SM fish, single molecule fish, yeah. which is at the RNA level. So that what's the protein level? Yeah, what's the, yeah. yeah. So it's like, of course they did that. Yeah. So low hanging fruit. Not just like IF. No, no, no. They <laughs> had a piezo one driven TD tomato reporter. Uh, of course they did. So basically, TD tomato is a fluorophore that you might guess is red. Yeah. Um and Basically, when the piezo protein is made, this fluorophore will also be made. So, you know, if it's getting uh, translated at the, to into a protein, um, it will show up red. Yeah. And, yes, it was there. Right. They looked at the RNA, it's there. They looked at the protein with the reporter, it's there. Okay. It's present. Great. That 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 does nothing about function. <laughs> that does absolutely nothing. Oh, gosh. So, they're, of course, going to look at the function. Got to look at the function. Got to. So they did, a, a, of course, a, a technique that, like, you know, you get tra- traumatic flashbacks when you have to read about techniques that you had to do that, like, oh, no. were hard or difficult yeah. or annoying. So they, um, they, what they did is they took, dissected out the live t- tissue DRGs and then dissociated them into calcium imaging. When neurons activate, there's a big calcium flux. Yeah. So you can do a bunch of different sensors basically to say, um, when this flux changes that you can detect by a microscope, yeah. what neurons are active. So this is a measure of neuronal activity. Yeah. It, and it just turns out that there's a small molecule that was developed that specifically activates piezo one and yep. it's called Yoda one. I don't know. I don't know if there are star Wars fans. I don't know like what the deal is, but we love to see it. Yoda one activates piezo one. So they take these DRGs, um, and they add the small molecule Yeah. and basically it's known to activate this receptor, so if right. there's an increase of calcium flux, then these piezos are being activated by this small molecule. Yeah. And they were. Great. Of course, they're like, oh, but what about the controls? Oh my gosh, they did <laughs> the control for everything. You well, know? I mean, good. Yeah. But... And so they're like, okay, this was just in general dissociated ner- neurons. Obviously, they, they, were, they were alive, so they couldn't do histology to say which ones are positive for what. Yeah. So... Then they, in addition to using this piezo activator, they 
they use pyridogens like histamine and say, are these the same neurons that light up? Yeah. Okay, are these the H-sensitive neurons? And they were. So the neurons with active piezo2 are also activated by pyridogens. And so piezo... Sorry, I think I said piezo2, but I meant piezo1. Yeah. Piezo1 is active in itch neurons. Makes sense. They did more controls. I mean, as one should. So is Yoda 1 activation specific to piezo 1? I mean, that's a good question, because if it's being activated by, like... Yeah, just yeah less, is it doing yeah. other things? You know. Is there, like, um, structural similarities? Exactly. Like that? So, <clears throat> they had a whole piezo 1 knockout line. And basically... <laughs> how much money would that cost? This is, And I'm not even going over, like, how... Like, most of their supplementary. Like, this is... It, it's insane. So The cost for mice blows my mind, which is why... like, oh, we did this line and this line, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, their reporter line. We're just, like, piezo TV to me. about the reporter line. I know, I know, right? So, okay. <laughs> just crying on the inside. They did a... They had a knockout line. Yeah. And that activity that was responsive to Yoda 1 was lost. That's so, good. So it is fairly specific. Yes. And they had another line that was a gain of function. Oh, God. And it and, was increased and, with and, Yoda? Yes. Yoda 1 yeah. response was enhanced. Thank God they put that data in there. Yes. And they're like, by the way, we have so many mice. <laughs> Almost at this point, it just sounds like bragging. Yeah. And um, that was section one. Okay. And it was itch neurons express functional piezo 1. And that's just like, I like... The beauty of it. Yeah, because that's a really it's they, a really simple set of experiments to mm-hmm. tell a very complete, nice story. Yes, there. I mean th- that would be if that was just by itself in a paper. I would, and I was, but I'd be proud of that. You know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if that was my dissertation <laughs> yeah. paper. I'd be like, killed it. Yeah, just that really part. killed it. And, and and it's just like so succinct. Like itch yeah. neurons. Okay, they 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 identified they the, subtypes. the subtypes. They express it. They looked at RNA and then the protein, and they looked at and the human. Looked- and counterpart, which is house. great. And then they expressed functional piezo one, so they did functional tests and had all these controls. So incredible. Like, incredible. This is incredible. just section one. God. <laughs> <laughs> I just looked at the time. <laughs> no. Okay, moving on. Okay, moving on. Section two. Yes. Somatostatin positive neurons have piezo one dependent currents. Okay. We we know that there's this like correlation that they express functional piezo one. Yeah. But are piezo one neurons inherently mechanically sensitive as opposed to chemical you mean yeah in specifically somatostatin positive neurons because i think it's yeah. been done in like just neurons but what about like could it have a different function in these neurons let's take a look and this is a different subtype than what they did in section one yes okay, okay. so that's what i was is... like wait a second <laughs> yeah okay well um it, yeah, so they were when they were doing in section one, they were doing histology for NPPB positive neurons. Yeah, and then they're like all of a sudden switching to somatostatin positive neurons. Yeah, because and here's what I'm wondering because they they do mention like there's like a pretty good overlap as far as which ones are NPPB positive and, and which, which ones are somatostatin, somatostatin positive. Okay, um, so they're not exclusive from each other. No. Okay. They're I think they're somatostatin. I think most of NPPB positive are, are within somatostatin, somatostatin positive. Okay, if I so it's like a higher like. Yes. But I don't think that's why they did it. I think it's because when they do knockout lines, so BNP is like you gotta have it. Yeah. Um. So that that's what I'm wondering. You think there's some was, kind of lethality associated yeah, with it, yeah. or like some sort of gross developmental yeah. difference? Yeah. Because that I wrote down, I'm like, it, 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 
they're they're kind of indirectly like, oh, because it's the MPPB positive. We we're looked at this larger like yeah. population. Yeah. yeah, but I'm I'm thinking I'm thinking they it's, probably were doing yeah. it for a more specific reason that they yeah. identified during their process. Yes. Okay. They had another couple mouth lines. <laughs> I Double, saw that coming. Yeah. Okay. So they oh, have no. <laughs> conditional knockouts to knock out piezo one in somatostatin positive neurons, which is where I'm like, you know. Yeah. Um, but, and then also drive, again, TD tomato expression. So they'd have red neurons, which they would know lack piezo one and are somatostatin positive. Gotcha. And then they did a bunch of electrophysiology. Which I'm going to simplify, you know, there's like, they talked about a lot of the, like the different types of currents and like the yeah. IPSCs and EPSCs. Electrophysiology gets really complicated yeah. very and easily. I'm, I'm just going to, I'm just going to, because I said this was going to be medium, I'm going to make it a medium, okay? Do it. Do it for the yes. people. Do it for the listeners. Okay. Do, it the, do it for the fans. <laughs> the fan. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, no. Um, thank you, fans. <laughs> so, they... Did electrophysiology yep. on these neurons. And they're dissociated again, I'm assuming, or were they um, hold the urge? Dissociated. Okay. So they were measuring from individual neurons. I mean, that makes sense if they were looking yeah. at a specific subtype. Yeah. Um, okay. Where was I? Electrophysiology. Electrophysiology to look at mechanosensation. Mm-hmm. And so basically what they were, they were measuring the activity of specific neurons in different conditions. And they wanted to, again, they're looking at some acid and positive neurons, so they wanted to see if piezo-1 is responsive to mechanosensation. Right. So they did a few genetic experiments where first they they would literally poke the neuron with a blunt needle and then look at the electrical signal. And they did that, they had, with siRNAs, which are like a way to knock down genes. So right. They had a control sRNA, which isn't targeting anything, so that's our negative control, should be normal. And then they were knocking down piezo-1. And then they did, a, so they did control sRNA, piezo-1 sRNA, um, to knock down piezo-1, and then a piezo-2 sRNA, specifically because, and again, I'm not going to get into the weeds on this, but like they know loss of piezo-2 causes the loss of a specific type of electrical activity. So that's yeah. they're kind of... A kind of a control. Positive control. Yeah. But they know this way it's going to affect. And yes, if you lose piezo-1, you lose mechanosensation-associated currents in those somatostatin-positive neurons. All right. Simple so, enough. Yeah. So they are specific... Not only are they in general known as mechanoreceptors, they are specifically mechanoreceptors in somatostatin-positive DRT neurons. Okay. Makes sense. Beautiful. And then, of course, where are we without a clinical correlation? (laughs) God. They talk about this idea of allokinesis. Yeah. It's kind of like allodynia, where there's some sort of um, inciting event where you become hypersensitive to pain. Right. So um, things that don't shouldn't normally cause you pain, like just touching something, cause terrible pain. Yeah. The best example I can think of that is if you get sunburn and then like your clothes touching you, that hurts. Yeah. So um, that's allodynia. Alkinesis is that but itch. So yeah. okay. everything is itchy. Gotcha. And there's I, no underlying like medical like... There are medical causes of okay. alkinesis. Okay. Think if you have eczema, what causes it? Who's to say? Um, but it, they're like, could it be some sort of priming of mechanosensation where it's these mechanoreceptors that are like primed to be hypersensitive? Gotcha. So... Could 
histamine, a chemical agent, right. basically caused, they, could they prime mechanoreceptors to have increased Like sensitize them. Exactly. Okay. So they, they did similar experiments with calcium imaging. Okay. Where they took these same neurons um, and then gave them a sub-threshold amount of histamine. So histamine that would not activate those neurons. Gotcha. And then they did the Yoda-1 piezo agonist. Okay. And found an increase in response. So basically, histamine that was there but not enough to activate the neuron did kind of prime these neurons so that when they did get this mechanical it stimulus, was like a dramatic... it was like an increase. So they're okay. like, oh, hypersensitivity following, um, you know, a chemical exposure. Like, could this be a clinical correlation? <laughs> um, God. <laughs> Yeah, and so that is the end of section two. Oh my god! See, we did that in nine minutes. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Okay, this oh, last nice. this last one I think is well, actually, probably the longest one. I'm gonna go so quickly. I'll try. I I just like talking about it too much. I do I? I don't know. Okay, but this out of I'll, all, I'll try to stop asking questions. No, 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 it's fine. Um, this last section is the one that gives me the most like PTSD flashbacks. Oh god! Um, yeah. Okay. But again, this so far has all been in vitro. Right. Are we publishing in nature without an animal model? No, we are not. Not even a little bit. No. Not even a spit take in that direction. Yeah. So section three, again, beautifully written, the title of this section. It's just so succinct. Piezo one mediates mechanical itch behaviors. We're going in vivo, baby. <laughs> Back into our abundant collection of mouse models. Yes. Yes. Um, well, we're going to actually do some more. <laughs> Some new ones? Yeah. How Got it. Oh, okay. So they started with the piezo one, conditional knockout, and all sensory neurons. Classic. And then they did mechanical and chemical itch assays. So the okay. chemical itch assays, traumatic flashbacks. Yeah. Um, basically, you inject protogens right. uh, intradermally and count the number of times the mouse scratches themselves. A long, fun day mm -hmm. for everyone involved. Mm-hmm. It's like that meme of that chihuahua with, like, the <laughs> <Yeah>. helicopters. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, and then mechanical itch is similar, but instead of, obviously, injecting a protogen, you kind of tickle them with, a, like, a little filament. Okay. Von Frey filaments. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, that's it. For some reason, in my mind, I would imagine... I've never done itch assays, thank God. Um, but I would okay. imagine, like, the chemical, like stimulus would be more long lasting than a simple like single mechanical well, they so don't is do there, it like, just one time. that's what i was gonna ask yeah. is like how is like the setup is like multiple like yeah, stabby stabs over the course well, it's, just, it's like the yeah, little tickles, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay um, is it like continuous is it like intermittent like i would imagine it's like every like couple mm -hmm. minutes they would like stimulate and do you measure like the length of the itch versus like how you know what i'm talking about like yeah, yeah, how yeah. long the itch okay so First, to answer your second question, you can measure it multiple different ways. The yeah. time spent itching, the number of bouts, and the length of bouts. Okay. They, it's so fast that, like, I mean, if I'm just, you can't even say, like, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, like, yeah, it's you can't count, count the number. But you can count, yeah. like, that's about, that's about, that's yeah. about. And then you can count the length, because it might be one scratch, or, like, yeah. one really long bout. So it depends. Gotcha. They did, yep. they did both. Because okay, makes sense. They have. Because they had, like, 80 people watching one mouse. Uh, right, probably. So they did the mechanical and chemical itch assays. Yeah. And they found a decrease in uh, scratching behavior in 
the mechanical itch, but not in the, the chemical. The chemical itch makes sense because they only had knocked out that yes. one yes. mechanoreceptor. Yes. Yeah. Not so any it makes of the sense. Receptors. Kind of nice validating study. Yeah, and it also shows that like the, the development of these neurons is independent of phase one. Yeah, so that's good. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, and then. Then they were like, okay, let's again look at this allokinesis. So histamine, yeah. like initial stimulus, and then followed by this mechano right. sensation. So basically you give them the histamine that's like subclinical. Yeah. And then do the nape model, the tickle. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and this and was in wild type mice and the knockout mice and like the... Yeah, yeah. They did conditional knockouts, hits. So yeah, these were um, homozygous knockouts. Pets and wild types, litter yeah. mates all. Because they're basically trying to see is the receptor required for the yeah. sensitization exactly. of the... Exactly. In the knockouts, they... So when they initially applied the histamine, they itched in response to that. But then okay. with the allokinesis model, with the continued mechanical stimulation, then they were not itching. Interesting. However, this is where we talk about number of bouts versus length of bouts. There was... So I mentioned, yes, they didn't scratch. They did scratch initially after the histamine, but then not in the mechanical itch. But their histamine-associated scratch was also less. See, one was significant, one wasn't. It was like the number of bouts was decreased, but the total length of itching time was not. Okay. So it, so it might like, be meaningless. Well, I mean... It, was there, it like a significant? It was. It's, it's just a I mean, like, yes. was it like 0. 0.001 um, or is it like 0. 0.04? Because like I always like, even if it's like significant... Based on like a power, like on a value of like p p value of like zero point five, yeah, I'm yeah. still just like it's not. Is it clinically significant? Yeah. I don't remember off the top of my head, but well, then, it, but yeah, well, no I worries. mean, again, they're knocking it out in all sensory neurons, not just yeah. the somatosensory. Okay, so it might be like so, some kind of yeah. There, well, I'll talk about this later because there's a few other times where this kind of pops up, but um, obviously, no model is perfect, even when you're in the yeah. lab of a Nobel laureate. And so they offer a few reasons why there could be this reason, but yeah. basically the DRG is so complex with so many different yeah. subtypes of neurons, and they all interact with each other. Exactly, and so chaotic mess. Yeah, so it makes it really tough to study, but it also means that if they're looking at piezo one, like there could be a small subpopulation that that yeah. they're not representing that is causing the difference. Yeah. that is important in chemical itch, but like gotcha. not important to be significant in some of these like. Um, dissociated like in vitro assays, but like yeah. enough to influence behavior and things like mm -hmm. that. There's many different pathways of which, like yeah. as far as like the as far as chemical itch, yeah, like histaminergic and non-histaminergic, and then within non-histaminergic, there's a bunch of different types. Commonly, it's histaminergic, and and then chloroquine is another protein yeah. that um, activates MRGPRD gotcha. neurons, and so it's like a very common protein to use for non-histaminergic itch. Okay, so they looked at histamine, chloroquine. And then also interleukin-31, IL-31, yep. another protogen. And they again saw a slightly decreased amount of initial itch following injection of IL-31, but not in chloroquine. Gotcha. So could there be some sort of like immune, immune like histaminergic -y itch sensation that piezo one is in like a, like a super small subset of neurons that they're just not representing, you know? Yeah. Could be. But for the vast majority of neurons... I guess it's not relevant. And it's not relevant in chlorokinergic itch. Okay. So that, there was no difference. Which, chlorokin is one of my favorite protogens, honestly. Oh, well, glad you have a favorite. <laughs> honestly, so it's used as an antimalarial drug. Yeah. 
which I didn't know coming to med school. I was like, oh, it does more than just get injected <laughs> to be itchy. <laughs> yeah, the only thing I know it's used for is as the anti-malaria. If someone first day of med school, like, do you know what chloroquine is? I'd be, I'd be so it. confident, like, yeah, it's used <laughs> to study itch. <laughs> like, just imagine what Dr. Bird would say to and that. And he'd be like, be get, like, out, get out. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, this discrepancy in, in chemical itch response, they're like, I offered my theory of, like, it's complicated, basically. (laughs) (laughs) Outside the scope of this work. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But they were like, could piezo one just independently amplify scratching behavior, no matter what it is? Interesting. And then, okay, so we studied mechanical-related itch. Right. But what about other mechanical-sensory behaviors? Okay. They, again, took their sensory neuron knockout of piezo one and did a Von Frey test, which is basically poke the mice in the foot, not yeah. with anything like painful, but just with these like kind of like fishing line type filaments. Yeah. And then obviously if, if they feel it, they'll be like, ooh, something's touching my foot. Yeah. If anyone has ever done a foot exam, it's the same kind of idea. It's yeah, like, just it's on the mouse. same. Yeah, it's the same kind of instrument. If you have problems with mechanical sensation, then they won't move their foot in response to the filament because they can't feel it. So, you know, if they, you know, move their foot, they can feel it. And so they did have a slight defect in von Frey's sensation, so it took larger filaments for them to notice. Interesting. So they're like, okay, piezo one maybe, in addition to like mainly being an itch, it maybe has just like a roll and baseline mechanical sensation. Yeah. They did another conditional knockout line. So instead of looking at all sensory neurons, oh God. they just did they did all repeated all of their experiments in this in the somatostatin driven Cree to knock yeah. piezo one out only in only, somatostatin yeah. positive neurons, and it had all the same phenotypes. Great. So, well, I guess part of me is like, they already had shown previously that like this piezo one is in a very specific subset of neurons to begin mm-hmm, with. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't really expect there to be a difference in experimental like outcomes in yeah. the in the somatostatin only knockout, yeah. like conditional knockout versus like the global knockout. That's, that's, but, a, that's a great question. Again, if they were initially looking at what does piezo one do, yeah. and they knew it was important in sensory neurons because they knew it was in the DRG and, and mechanosensation, then maybe they started with this line, and then later and they were then like, they oh, identified it's an itch. the yeah. So, so then they went back and did it. Yeah. With their calcium imaging, they were looking, does itch trigger piezo one? Yes, piezo one was activated. Yeah. Now they're saying, if we activate piezo one, yeah. it can cause itch. Yeah. So they injected the mice with Yoda 1, again, this yeah. piezo 1 activator. And yes, they had an increase yeah. in scratch behavior, but no increase in pain. So again, Which, again, specific. makes sense based on the, the, the in vitro work that they did yes. showing very similar, like, calcium image changes with Yoda 1. Yes. Um, and then they had all these extended figures in there. They also showed that there was no inflammation. Anyone who's ever had, you know, bug bite, inflammation in general, very itchy. Yeah. So they didn't want to say, you know, but they, I, I didn't even look at the extended figures on that because I'm like, ugh, Pass. analogy. But like, if they did, I'm sure. <laughs> the only thing I would have looked at. Up, yeah, no, oh God. <laughs> <laughs> and so can PSA1 independently trigger itch? Yes, it can. Now we're going to get to the PS1 gain-of-function mouse. Okay, my god. Um, I'm just throwing in another mouse model. <laughs> right, right. So they found that there was increased mechanical itch in yes. this check. There was also this increased allokinesis, and that's that, again, they first inject with, with histamine, and then they wait, and then they do the yeah, mechanical sensitize itch. sensitize, and then do the stimulus. Exactly, and then there was this increase. Yeah. Again, okay. Cool. And again, a slight increase in histamine-evoked itch, independent of mechanical sensation. Yeah, so even again, below, this, like, clinical thresholds. Yes, of histamine, that is. And then they injected with Yoda 1, and this itch sensation was 
even exaggerated more than yeah. the wild type. So, check. Another mouse model. Boom. <laughs> Another million dollars. And as Boom. I'm, as I'm, me and my little, little PhD candidate, little folder reading this paper, I'm like, mm, this is all a cute um, which is actually. <laughs> but what about, about chronic? Yeah, conserved. What about chronic? Which is yeah. actually a real issue. So they're like, next we looked in chronic itch. Oh my god. One of the most common ways to study chronic itch, like I mentioned, there's many different causes, but yeah. the most common ways to study it is models of atopic dermatitis. Makes sense. Because it's very common. Yeah. And did you know that itch in general has a lifetime prevalence, chronic itch has a lifetime prevalence of 10% in you, in the population. So there we go. If you know 10 people, you know someone who's itchy. <laughs> yeah, but how large is your community, Claire? <laughs> well, lar- it- I'm the itchy one. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't even need to know anyone. Oh, oh no. Oh. Okay. Anyway, back to atopic dermatitis. So it's most common way to study. It's pretty easy. Basically, you just like shave part of the back of the mouse and then you apply some sort of... There's many different types of substances. Basically, induces anything. You know how like they're like, oh, don't put your hands in chemicals because it'll give you a rash. Yeah. It's like... It just does that. It just does that. So you you paint this chemical substance and then they develop atopic dermatitis. Nice. And so, Reproducible models, love yes, them. Yes, widely used too. Very yeah. accepted by the community, Great. including myself. I do nothing, nothing worse than trying to introduce a new model, and then yeah. everyone's just like, "That's not good." And you're just like, "I hate myself." Um, first, they were just they noted that both the wild type and the conditional knockout had normal inflammation. Yeah. So. The absence of piezo one did not affect the ability for an immune response to cause the atopic dermatitis. So, like, they're like that's good. It won't affect our model. They found a large, significant decrease in evoked scratching in the knockout. So, again, the mechanical simulation, yeah. and there was decrease in the piezo one knockout. Okay. And there was also a small but significant decrease in spontaneous scratching. Okay. But it was pretty, like, wildly different as far as the amount of significance. Yeah. So they postulated that there could be different pathways for hypersensitivity versus spontaneous itch. Kind of like some sort of pathway for initiating being itchy. And then, like, once it's there, like... You wanting to continue. Yes, exactly. And then, what's a clinical correlation without some sort of therapeutic avenue? Yeah. Gosh. Of course, we're going right into therapy. So this is all in genetic models, knockouts. Sure. Even in the most severe chronic itch states, it's going to be hard to convince people to get systemic gene therapy. <laughs> yeah. So they're like, okay, could a small molecule target yeah. in case of one phenocopy, the genetic yeah. knockout. Kind of like that Yoda one, but the exact opposite. Exactly. And then also, back to like my studies in chronic itch, like gene therapy, like you're going everywhere. Yeah. But since itch is primarily of the skin... skin. It's, if you could apply, apply yeah. something topical with like limited systemic distribution, then you don't even yeah. have to worry about like systemic effects. Exactly. It's... So not only is that like good for treatment, but it's also good for long time, long term health of the patient. Exactly. Exactly. And no like infusions, maybe. Yeah. Just like a nice little topical small molecule. Yeah. There's this apparently this GSMTX4. What a what a catchy what a, name. Yeah, it, it's got <laughs> a certain ring to it. Yeah, it rolls off the tongue. <laughs> that can inhibit PSO one, but it's not specific. But okay. it can inhibit PSO one. So they found that after injection of this substance, there was no significant difference in histamine evoked itch, which is good because yeah. we're targeting a mechanical receptor. Great. But there was a there was a decrease in again this hypersensitivity response. Okay. So this like um the 
priming of the mechanical yeah. receptors. So this is in their acute itch studies. They also did it in chronic itch yep. studies. Classic. Long story short, ish. <laughs> um, they they do see attenuation in the chronic itch model. It's they okay. It's, it's not a total like uh, reduction revert, back to baseline. Exactly. They don't revert to baseline, but it's a reduction. So. And they're like, also, it's not specific. So, like, this drug maybe ain't it, but... But something a, similar to a it. A specific piezo modulator? That, yeah, you know, like, maybe. Like, you know, who knows? They're like, we don't design drugs, but, like, wouldn't it be nice if someone did? <laughs> wink, <laughs> wink. Yeah. And then that was the end of the third section. So, like, a nice little three-paragraph essay. Yeah, a, a three-paragraph essay. I mean, five-paragraph essay. Because <laughs> yeah. we have intro and conclusion. Yeah. But three, three you know, body paragraphs. Yeah. And then we're at the discussion. Do you have any, do you want to do the discussion or do you have any questions about the data first? Um, I, I'm pretty sure I asked a lot of the questions in the, in the three bodies. <laughs> um, <laughs> body paragraphs, that is. <laughs> Let's go into the discussion and then if anything pops up like that's like discuss there, I can maybe just like discuss in the discussion. I, I hate myself. <laughs> you do that every time. I do that every time. All right. So the discussion. Yes. <laughs> So their conclusion is that, again, this is the title of their article. Again, so, so succinct. Piezo 1 transduces mechanical H in mice. Yeah. Um, they were like, mm, wouldn't it be interesting to postulate why well, have separate Piezo 1 and Piezo 2? Yeah. Like, well, what's, what, what's the dealio? Maybe it has to do with, like, the types of, you know, nerve fibers. So they talked about fast-responding neurons and right. slow-responding neurons. And this gets, in again, to, a little bit into their electrophysiology, which yeah. I did not cover because I was like, Ugh. Yeah. But, um... You know, you might need a fast response if you are, again, touching that hot stove. Yeah. You want to withdraw that hand right away. But if you have, you might need a more of a slow response. If you have, feel something itchy, you don't, like, blast it and then go away. You yeah. You, like, sustain itch. So maybe, like, a slower response yeah. around is more appropriate versus, like, speed is less important. Yeah. So they're, like, maybe it, the, 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 there are different, you know, sensory neuron subtypes that, like, transduce signals yeah. fast or slow. So, you know, maybe it's, like, it's different to have these two populations, but like, and, and then they're also like, well, they're not, you know, their sequence isn't like totally the same. So maybe just some are better at yeah, like certain, transducing like, yeah. the specific mechanical signal that uh, induces it. Yeah. And then they're like, we didn't really look at MRGPRD neurons. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yep. Too bad, so sad. <laughs> um, so those are like chloroquinergic. Yeah. Chloroquine responsive. And they're like, oh, we didn't look at piezo to an inch, but like, I was like, I was like, you know, because again, they're not an itch lab, they're a piezo lab. And yeah. then I think they happen to find that this itch phenotype, like our lab, we were a G protein lab. We were not an itch lab until we accidentally found that itch yeah. is important. No one is an itch lab, I feel like. Yeah, well, who would want, who would want to be like up on their like lab door? Like we're an itch lab. Yeah. Pass. I would um, find anything else to say. But part of the reason, so Piezo 2, again, the Nobel Prize, it affects many different types of mechanical sensation, including proprioception. Yeah. So if you have proprioceptive defects, imagine someone kind of like with vertigo, they're kind of like, they don't mm-hmm. know where they are in space, they're they're very unstable. Like, have you seen those videos of cats that have cerebellar hyperplasia? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So ima- <laughs> imagine a mouse with that trying to itch themselves. Yeah, it would it's be very, chaotic. It's very difficult to study, so yeah. like, yeah. No. No. <laughs> I can understand why they wouldn't do that. And then, okay, this is, this is again, going back to, this is from the Patapunian lab, this, like... Yeah, the, big they lab. They introduced more data in the discussion, and it was using dreads. So, <sighs> they're, they were, like, when they were talking about, oh, we didn't look at MRGPRD neurons, but, so, dreads are designer receptors exclusively activated by designer drugs. Yeah. So, 
basically they don't exist in nature, but they're like super specific channels for super specific ligands. Yeah, so, it's so crazy. So basically you can um, artificially insert these channels into specific neuron populations. Yeah. And then you know for sure that only those neurons will be activated or inactivated by whatever. Yeah, whatever, know, the, whatever like the signaling yeah. molecule is. Exactly. Yeah. And then so they're like, yeah, we know that MRGPRD neurons are important in itch in like these channels because we did we did, we looked in dreads We'd, and i was like oh we also just looked at designer receptors i know i was God. like i was like they have data about dreads that is not it's in the supplemental and they just like one throwaway line in the discussion i'm like that could be a whole like if i was like that could be a whole paper probably. it could be a whole dissertation it's not new that MRGPRD neurons yeah. are, are involved in instantiation. I, I, so I was like kind of confused. like Why maybe, they even said that? Yeah. yeah. But maybe they're, maybe <laughs> Again, like at this line. point, it just sounds like they're bragging about all the money they have. And I'm like, because like we, in our, in our journal published in <clears throat> pain, <laughs> study itch sensation from MRGPRD positive neurons. So I'm like, yeah, we... we it's like, we I already knew first. that. <laughs> but we, we didn't even warn it's the like, first person. It's like, hi, where's my up, citation? Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, they did not cite us. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I mean... I mean, I mean, we were looking at general itch sensation. We were looking at a specific... Yeah, like, so it makes for, sense. Yeah, but still, I, I did check. <laughs> <laughs> the audacity. I know, I know. Maybe... Another reason to have uh, Dr. Pataputian on this podcast, yeah. he would explain himself. He could explain like, why he didn't cite a leading field, a leading expert in the field. A leading I'm field. Like, seventh author. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I feel like my general vibes to the paper, I've, I've, I've said it throughout, that I think this is really well written. Not just like as far as like their data is obviously very cool, but like in, outside of the data, I feel like it was structured, written, like... Everything was beautiful. And maybe I'm biased because it's about something that I've, you know, done research in before. But I, yeah. I feel like this is just, like, a great paper. I will say, like, I'm not a big fan of neuroscience. You know this. Like, I think it's interesting. I think it's cool. I just don't think I have the right, like, brain for it, so to speak. <laughs> you played yourself. <laughs> I'm, like, flexible. Like, I have no problem, like, digging through an immunological study. But the second Ugh. anyone starts talking about, like, different neuron subtypes i'm just like i'm i feel like i'm wading into the abyss of my own nightmares so like in that aspect like this paper is like it's like interesting but not something i think i would like go out of my way to read mm -hmm. but i will say just by the way that it like the breakdown of it and the way that it's mm -hmm. discussed it sounds like what you would look towards and point to as like a pretty prototypical well-designed mm -hmm. and well-published like scientific article we swear this wasn't not sponsored by the Pataputian lab, nor by. But it could itch. be if they. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> One to... last attempt. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> eh, eh. Or just like Venmo us some money, anyone? Thermo Fisher, I'm Leave it in. Leave it in. Sigma Aldrich. I mean, at this point, just anyone. Ray Biotech. <laughs> Crystal Gin. <laughs> bio rad we're counting on you god well bio render <laughs> anyone so thank you to our fans and to yeah. our sponsors <laughs> which is really just us we where are you getting money <laughs> i'm not but we're the only people who do anything on this it's primarily you yeah yeah so fans and potential sponsors thank yeah. you for listening I mean, we're looking for anyone not even in the biotech sphere. Coca-Cola, I'm a big fan of your products. 
They've kept me alive. Literally. <laughs> All right, I feel like we got to wrap this up. <laughs> yeah, we got to end. I'm feeling so tired. Okay, bye. bye.